I will confess to you, I almost changed the sermon on Friday. I had one of our students who was volunteering uh, for Vacation Bible School pull me aside and, and said, I need to tell you what I learned this week. And it was a deep spiritual truth that really ought to be preached everywhere. Baby wipes smell horribly and children are sticky. So, <laughs> I cannot say thank you enough to Renee, to our kids ministry team, to all kinds of volunteers who did, served in all kinds of ways to bless our children uh, last week. It was a wonderful week uh, together. We're finishing up our ABCs of Christianity series. We said last week we had looked at Joseph's story and how he, and it should be typical for us in our faith, to run. When we see temptation, to create distance, as Joseph did over and over again, to run well. But there are times, as we said last week we would come to today, a basic of the faith as well, there are times to stand, right? We hold on to that that, that passage, James 4, 7. You resist the devil and you let him do the running. You resist him and he will flee. Now, typically, again, temptation, we run. But there are times, church, to make a stand for our family, for our church family, for our faith. And so we're going to look today at Joshua's life. What, what's his experience? How is it he made a stand? Now, just some, some background. Why is he so blessed? Why is he so used of God? First, he puts himself in a right position to be used by God. We remember well the golden calf story, but we forget sometimes Joshua wasn't there. He didn't place himself there, and so God could use him because he was, had separated himself uh, from that sin. Also, I love the model we see over and over again, and I know I preach it all the time. Our bishop preaches it all the time, but he had a mentor. Everybody needs a Naomi. Everybody needs a Paul. Everybody needs somebody speaking into their life, and that's how God could build him and use him. And think about it, what, what he's about to be up against. He's not running from Pharaoh, although Moses certainly made his stand, but he's not running from the enemy. What God is calling Joshua here to do you're going to walk right into the middle of them. You're just going to take the whole land. And so that's kind of the background. And not only, not only does he have that before him, but then how, how quickly the people around him begin to fall. And he's got to wrestle with that battle. By chapter 7, if you remember Achan's sin, I'll let you go back and, and, and read on that. Just already behind, not only are there people doubting, but people in willful and open sin. With all of that going on and all of that at play, God says this word, be strong and courageous. It was beautifully sung to us this morning in that prayer, that we would have courage to stand. And Listen, I had a, I, I'm a little nervous to preach this because I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. How many of your past pastors have preached this passage? Every pastor preaches this passage. I had a good friend when I was, I won't name the church, uh, but he preached this passage and I stopped counting at about 85 that he said that phrase, be strong and courageous. And I still haze him openly to this day about that sermon. If you're walking into this land, if you're walking in with people who are doubting and, and struggling, he needed to hear it. And you see it here multiple times Joshua, you've got to be strong. You've got to be courageous. Church, it's a word for us in a confused culture. Matter of fact, a culture that's even 
that, that, that probably not just wrestles with our faith, but is beginning to push back against our faith, how critical it is for the church to hear these words again as Joshua heard them, be strong and courageous. And you listen to, look, at, look at his example here. And I say his example. Go down to verse 18 if you have your Bibles open. It's not just God who says it to Joshua. I love it that the people say it to him. We need you to be strong and courageous for us. Who's saying that to you today? Your kids or your grandkids? Your coworkers? Your friends whose faith is faltering? Our church? To say, to hear someone say to you, I need you to be standing up. Would you be an encouragement to me as you're steadfast in your faith? They come alongside him. It's not just the Lord, but it's the people saying in verse 18, the tribe saying, we need you to be strong and courageous. And look at him. He does. You just go through these verses. Chapter 2, he basically says, let's go. Chapter 3, he not only says to them, consecrate yourselves, but just as God's told him, he's starting to name names. We're taking them. We're taking them. We're taking them. Then you go to chapter 6 in Jericho, and you do something that's awkward. You want me to do what with that town? Yeah, I'll do it. And he does it. Then he takes one on the chin. He's defeated at I, and he's questioning, and he's hurting, and God says to him in chapter 7, 10, rise up. Why are you on your face? And Joshua responds. And he even later in that chapter has the courage to discipline one of his own. Now he's, he's seen the rebellion through the exodus. And now he's, you want to pull back? I don't want to say a word of truth. He does it, 7, 24 through 26. Then he goes back to Ai in 8, 3 and defeats them. How hard has it been for you to go back to a place of humiliation, to go back to a place of wounding, and to stand up for your faith? That's what Joshua does here. Defeats the Amorites in chapter 10, on and on, whether it's in defeat or in temptation or in victory or in discipline, when he's exhausted and spent, it's a word I bet he hung on to over and over. God saying to him repeatedly in chapter 1, be strong, be courageous. It's a good day to look at those words as we think about our country's history and to, and to remember again uh, 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 what they risk. You remember Benjamin Rush when he penned those lines talking about they were putting their lives on the line, signing the Decora- Declaration of Independence. He said, do you recollect the pensive and awesome, awful silence which pervaded the house when we were called up one after the other to the table of the president of the Congress to subscribe what was believed by many at that time to be our death warrants. Or Nathan Hale, when he was executed by British soldiers and he asked, could he have a clergy person come and pray with him? They denied that. He said, could I write my parents and loved ones? And they, and they tore those up. He asked for a, a Bible to read and they wouldn't give him a Bible Without a friend or a religious encouragement, he went to his death lamenting he only had one life to give for his country. Samuel Adams was a thorn in the flesh uh, to the British. He was a part of Sons of Liberty Stamp Act, all that stuff. He was in the middle of all that, the riots. So much so that when the colonists were offered at some point pardons for Bunker Hill, everybody was offered that except for Samuel Adams and John Hancock. And British General Thomas Gage basically at one point offered great gifts and encouragement uh, to the people of Great Britain 
uh, to cease agitating that, that, that particular colonist. And, he, and, and his response, uh, Samuel Adams' response to that was this. I have long since made my peace with the king of kings. No personal consideration shall induce me to abandon the righteous cause of my country. Be strong and be courageous. Those sound like big things. What about in the little stuff of life? Where you and I are tempted to fold. Where you and I are are tempted to shrink back. I'm thinking back to just a story about my son Joseph. I think he was 11 or 12 at the time. And we had read some positive reviews on the movie Evan Almighty. I don't know if you've ever seen that film. Uh, But it's a silly film and... Uh, about somebody like a modern-day Noah or something. Uh, and we read, we were very careful with what our kids watched, and so we read about it, and there were positive reviews. Actually, Joseph's favorite Christian rock band endorsed the film, openly endorsed the film. So we were going to go to it, and just before we were to leave, Joseph said, we're not going. That was an 11, 12-year-old kid, not only telling his parents what we're going to not do, but he's speaking to an ordained elder in the Methodist church and a missionary kid, my wife, and saying, I don't want to go laugh at God. I wonder if that took a little courage to look us in the eye and say, I know we have this family plan and this trip, because where we lived at that time, it was a trip to go somewhere, uh, to go finally get to a movie. Uh, Not going to do that. I don't want to laugh at God. There are so many opportunities around us to shrink back from faith. How is it you and I need to hear that word again from God, but also from those around us? Will you stand up and be strong and courageous for your faith for us? And I love how we see that so clearly in our Savior. We've been reading through the Gospel of Luke in our, Bible, in our church's Bible reading plan and just seeing from the first pages with Herod, that from the very first days of Christ's life on this earth, how he was not only hunted, but just what was going on in that, in Bethlehem, and then later Nazareth with gossip, and what was being said about his mom, and all those issues. And then you keep reading through his life of the risks of going back to his hometown and they want to throw him down and kill him. And then just the physical exhaustion and the interactions with all the leaders. And then eventually his death. I love what Philip Yancey said. The need for such courage began with Jesus' first night and it did not end until his last night. He is our model to watch his life and how he was so courageous, as G.K. Chesterton would say, so courageous for us. How is that this morning with you? Where do you need to be strong and courageous for family? Where do you need to be strong and courageous for co-workers? Where do you need to be strong and courageous making a stand, standing uh, for your faith in this world? How is it you and I need to do that? To hear that word and to do it. And here's why we can do it. Go back to verse 9. It's this reminder here and elsewhere, really chapter, verse 5 and verse 9. God's with you in that. God's with you. Can you imagine what Joshua felt? 
Moses is gone. Let me say that again. Moses. Moses is gone. And you want me to step out with these people into that enemy and my mentor's gone, our leader's gone, the one you spoke to in the mountain's gone, the one you did these miracles with. You want me to do this? Yeah, you know why you can do it? I'm with you. Matter of fact, not only am I with you, the way I was with Moses, I'm going to be like that with you. Do you believe that this morning? That the way God was with Moses, he'll be with you? That's what Jesus promises. Do you believe that the way that God moved and acted in, in maybe a former pastor or a former uh, one of your best friends in the faith, do you believe he can be with you like that? Scripture says he will. That that's his desire. Will you receive that word? Joshua received that word. I can't imagine how he received that word. Moses, like him? Yes, like him, I will be with you. Now, a couple of quick things I don't have time this morning to, to look at. But you know how God worked in his life and why he was able to give him success? There's some reminders here in verses 7 and 8. First is that, that you are too and we are too. And you see Joshua here is called to meditate on God's word. Starting next Sunday, we're going to have a Names of God a study in the multipurpose room for three weeks, I'd encourage you to go. You can't call upon the names of God if you don't know the names of God. Or as the hymn says, standing on the promises of God, it's hard to stand on what you don't know. And so the call is here, not only will I be with you and you be strong and courageous, but as you get to know me and get to know my word, that's going to help you. And not only is it going to help you and encourage you, but looking at verse 8 and on, it's going to guide you. You want real success to prosper, verse 8, then you don't turn from my word. You know my word, so you know my character and my heart and my power, but then don't turn from it. What a good word for us in verse 7 to be careful with God's word. But the heart of it is this. Joshua had God with him. That's the kicker and the key. You see it later in chapter 6, 27, or in 22, 31, or even basically as the book ends, 24, 23, I am not with those, like those other gods. Don't be in their midst, but I'm going to be in your midst. It's a great word for us. Maybe you're up against it at work or with your extended family because of your faith. God not only says to us, stand up, be strong and courageous, but I'm with you. Just like I was with Moses, I shall be with you. Abigail Adams, the wife of John Adams, says, The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but the God of Israel is he that giveth the strength and power to his people. Trust in him at all times. Ye people, pour out your hearts to him. God is a refuge for us. Charleston is laid and ashes. Almighty God, cover the heads of our countrymen and be a shield to our dear friends. God's with us. And because God's with us, we can stand. Now listen, I got to tell you the bad news as we close. You and I know the end of this story. That, that God is with Joshua. And Joshua, look, you knew it back in the old days with Caleb and Joshua. You knew Joshua was going to not have problems stepping in and, and being courageous. But when God said, be careful to follow every word, Joshua doesn't take every place. As we remember that story, even with 
the great mentor he had, even all the miracles he had seen, even with the depth of his faith in God with him. Verse 3, God says, wherever the sole of your foot treads is yours and is mine. A couple chapters later, he's, he's signing covenants with people who have tricked him, and they don't get all. The reminder in this book is that God desires all. He doesn't want any nook or cranny left to this world or left to yourself, but it's a reminder in Joshua's uh, life that God wants all, and he missed it. Many of you may have heard the story of, of, uh, I say Bunker Hill, but I know some of you History Channel people are going to say Breed's Hill. I know that. You can write to me later. Um, But the story of one of the Minuteman leaders, Israel Putnam. Now, if you remember, they couldn't stand up any longer at Bunker Hill uh, to the British because they were just simply out of ammunition, right? And uh, most people called it a great victory and a momentum changer. But I, I, I love these words of Israel Putnam, who growled, apparently, we're told, growled these words. We ought to have stood powder or no powder, we ought to have stood. Where's that place in your life? That place in your life where God has said to you clearly, I need, I need that place. I need that place in your heart. I need that aspiration. I need that affection. I need that priority. I need this part of your family so I can have it all. That's this part of the story of Joshua God has says, I want to gift it all to you. Don't fall for this world. Take it all. Is there any part you're holding back from God this morning? And God says to you, wherever the sole of your feet go, I want it. Would you give that to him today? Knowing that just as God, think about that. Think about the mountaintops. Just as God was with Moses He is with us today because of what Christ has won for us in his death and resurrection. God is with us so that you and I can be strong and courageous. Where is it you and I need to make that stand today? Let's pray about that. Father, we thank you for this word, for your great care with Joshua, that before he goes, you remind him again, you're walking with him. And for many of us, in some of the struggles we're having with friends or at work or with family or just living in this world, Father, we need to hear that again, that that sweet word from you, that it's your desire, just as you were with Moses, so much so that his whole face changed. Father, I pray we would know the sweetness of that presence and that promise you're with us. But Father, as well, because of that encouragement, Open our eyes to where we need to be bold and courageous for you. Father, as well, uh, by your Holy Spirit, show us those places where we have not given all. Father, show us those places and bless our response. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.